What is good? This is the Broncos Avenue podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue on Instagram. I'm joined by my friend Joseph from Broncos Insider. Are you ready to get this thing kicked off? Oh hell yeah, man! So I've been uh, ever since you reached out about reached out to me about joining the podcast. I was all for it, bro. So uh, I mean, I'm definitely super excited to be able to use this outlet to talk Broncos. I know uh, we're both huge Broncos fans. Uh, I know that everybody that will be listening it to this podcast will be too, but yeah, I'm ready to dive into some Broncos talk with this podcast for sure. Yeah, I think this is a this going to be a great way for all the fans to you know see our different perspectives on some of the moves and trans like transactions that we're making. Um, and speaking of, we can start off with the one and only, the Russell Wilson trade Ooh. that George Ma- Payton made just a, uh, what was it like over a week ago. Yeah, I think it was about a week ago now, and every single time I think about it, I have to pinch myself to make know. sure it's actually a reality, because holy cow, whenever I saw the news, I was just so excited. I mean, it's been so long since we've had even, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even talking about great quarterback play, which is what Russell Wilson's going to bring. I'm talking about just like average quarterback play. We haven't even been able to have that since Peyton Manning retired. So to be able to bring a premier elite quarterback into there, it's going to be so sick, bro. I'm so excited to watch the Broncos this year. Yeah, it's completely surreal. Like, I remember the first few days after the trade, just like, man, is this is this real life? Like, seriously, we went from having Peyton Manning to Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. All, Joe Flacco, all, Case Joe Keenum. Flacco. I mean, come on, talk <laughs> about a fan base put be putting through suffering and oh, yeah. this complete, this complete. I, I mean, it's nothing other than garbage quarterback play. I mean, they the cool. quarterback play has held back the team so much over the years, and yeah. now we get Russell Wilson trading two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick, Drew Locke. Shelby Harris and Noah fan. What do you like? What, do you, what were your first impressions of that trade? Like what we were sending? Were, what, did you think like, okay, did we just kind of jeopardize their future with like the picks we made and the players or what, what were your initial thoughts on that? Yeah. So my first thoughts uh, for me, as soon as I just saw the report that we were trading for Russell Wilson, I hadn't seen any of the compensation given up yet, but I remember turning to my brother and actually telling him, I don't care how much we just gave up to get him. I haven't seen the numbers. I haven't seen who we given up yet. But quite frankly, I don't care. We just got Russell freaking Wilson. But um, then then I did see the uh, the actual compensation with the two first, two yeah. seconds, fifth, Lock Shelby, and Vance. So uh, my I mean my of course I was like, that's a lot of pieces. It is definitely a lot yeah. of pieces. But my opinion still didn't change. I mean I'm gonna miss those players, and yeah, it sucks to lose out in all those picks. But I don't care how much you have to get up to give up to get a potential. I mean, look at it. Russell Wilson is likely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when it's all said and done, considering the rest of his career goes well. So I really can't. I really don't think a true price tag on a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, like I said, I was willing to give up whatever needed to get it done. And I have absolutely zero regrets with the Broncos making this move whatsoever. Yeah, to me, when I first looked at it, I see all the picks that we trade. We got two first, two seconds, fifth, Locke, Shelby, Fant. Think about it. Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, I highly doubt they actually would have made it to a second contract with this team. So basically, we're already trading assets that we were going to get rid of in the first place. Second of all, two first, two seconds. I honestly, I'm really confident that George Payne can hit on late, dra- late uh, draft 
draft picks in, in, in all oh, these yeah. drafts, for sure. And not to mention, we also get a fourth-round pick back, which is huge. Noah Fant, I honestly, I was a big Noah Fant guy, but I really feel like Albert Okuebenam, I think he, he really has it. He was a he was a really underrated draft pick. Huge speed, huge, uh, huge length. I mean, I honestly, and I feel like he was kind of, he was right there with uh, Noah Fant. Yeah, I mean, whenever he was on like, the field, we really didn't see much of a production drop-off, if any at all, from Noah Fant going to Albert Okawebanon. Exactly. But, uh, I mean, honestly, so my thoughts on Noah Fant, I really – I really wasn't um I really wasn't angry at all that he was included in this trade. I mean it was disappointing a little bit because yes, you get Russell Wilson, you'd like to be able to keep all your weapons, but I mean that's just not realistic. And if we were to give up one of our weapons, I would have said trade Noah Fant because so after his rookie year, I was super excited for him. I was like, he's gonna be the, that next uh top three tight end in the NFL where he's just an absolute unfair advantage with the size and speed. Yeah. And then in his second week, uh, second year, he was still pretty solid as well. But I don't know, man. Just watching him this third year, I was really disappointed with this play last year. And that, I mean, I, I know he had terrible quarterback play, but I'm talking about whenever he got the ball in space. Like it would be, we we'd be like he'd be like a yard short of a third down uh, or a fourth down conversion, and the cornerback would be able to take him down on the first ever. Like it just felt like he wasn't the dynamic player on the field that we were hoping it was going to be. So, yeah, I don't think it's incorrect to say uh, I'm not sure if you would have even made it to a second contract with us. So, I mean, when you look at it with those three players you've given up, I mean, I know a lot of people love Drew Locke. A lot of people hate him. But let's face it, he's not cut to be an NFL starter. Or at least he's showing nothing of the um, of the witch so far. So, I mean, it's really just Shelby Harris. And Shelby Harris has been a phenomenal defensive end for us so far. But... He is replaceable at the end of the day. Meanwhile, getting a player like Russell Wilson, that is not somebody that is replaceable. That is somebody that is game-changing and it's franchise-changing. Exactly, and I feel like for the Broncos fans still dwelling on the fact that we traded multiple draft picks and assets for Russell Wilson, you also need to take into account how valuable a franchise quarterback is in this league. You have to trade whatever you can to get that guy. And Russell Wilson, 33 he says he wants to play until like he's he's at least forty years old, even yeah. more than that. He's yeah, gonna no, bring a lot what, to your team. You, you said he's what thirty three right now. Yeah, I think he said uh, that he wanted to play for like what 10, 12 to fourteen more years. Yeah, win four more Super Bowls. That's music to my ears right there. Yeah, and he's he's really athletic. I feel like he takes care of his body really well, very well conditioning. Um, he and beautiful deep ball. Um, we can talk all day about how yeah you know amazingly talented Russ Russ is. Um, yeah. Best deep ball and, in the league, in my opinion. And, I'm, and maybe maybe he can't throw it the farthest, like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. But in terms of just pure, the, his pure talent of throwing a deep ball, the way that it drops in the receiver's hands, I know that with uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, the commentators on like the NFL broadcast were always talking about his deep ball being a moon ball, how he's just able to sky it into the air and just make it fall directly into the receiving basket of his receivers. And, man, I'm just going to be super pumped to see what he can do with Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, and uh, Cortland Sutton stretching the field for him. And then Jerry Judy being that guy who's just – he can take that short ball long. He can take the little screens, take it long with his – Ability in the open field and then just uh, his route running. Those medium routes and those deep routes that he'll be able to run. Russell Wilson is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. 
all of our receivers are going to feast this year, whether it's, like I said, Sutton, Patrick hitting them deep uh, with those nice possession balls, with those nice contested catches, or we're looking at Jerry Judy just getting him in space. It, I'm, I, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. Yeah, I think this is 100% the best trade of the offseason by far by any team oh, so far. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. I think I saw some people trying to be like, oh, Khalil Mack going to the Chargers was the best move that the AFC West has made this offseason. And everybody on Twitter was just absolutely clowning that dude. Like, you can get all the position players you want. You can get all the game-changing position players you want. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a franchise-changing quarterback, if you don't have one of those elite premier quarterbacks, it is going to be very, very hard to win in this league. And I also heard some other people talking about it. So you look at the compensation that we gave up with the draft picks, two first, two seconds. Yeah. When you look at it, let's just say you use all four of those draft picks to draft a quarterback. So you're talking about two first-round draft picks used for a quarterback, two second-round draft picks used for a quarterback. What is the likelihood that one of those four quarterbacks is going to end up anywhere near the player that Russell Wilson is? And honestly, I can say with relative confidence that you're not going to get somebody like Russell Wilson from one of those four picks. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people are still complaining about, you know, the assets that we gave up. You need to also keep in mind that we still have five picks in the 2022 uh, draft within the top 115. Yeah, and I think what I mean, five picks within the top 100, and then like nine picks overall. Yeah, so, something like that for sure. Um, George Payne, amazing scout. Uh, he's literally just like a one of the best scouts in the league as our GM. Yeah. I mean, the, the, for him uh, to make that trade, we're already way ahead of the curve. Yeah, the draft is definitely his bread and butter. Uh, yeah. I mean, just from what everything we've seen so far, and then everything we've we heard about him whenever he was coming over from Minnesota. Everyone was saying this is one of the best talent, pure talent evaluators in the entire NFL. So I have no worries whatsoever that George Payton is uh, – I, I still think he's going to be able to put it together a phenomenal, dra phenomenal draft class here these next two years. Uh, I mean, yeah, we still got the second-round pick. I mean, here's where that Vaughn Miller trade just becomes so important. I heard George Payton talking about it in his uh, introductory press conference with Russell Wilson – but the Von Miller trade was so important because, yeah, he was just going to go at a price this offseason that the Broncos weren't going to be able to bring him back. Yeah. And as much as you would hate to see the best defensive player in the history of this organization be traded, I mean, he left on good terms. We got two super valuable picks out of it that essentially gave our front office the confidence to be able to make this move without worrying that we were going to be losing too much value in young players to the draft. So, man, yeah, that trade just uh, proved to be so much so important for this team. And then, hey, look, Von Miller just won a Super Bowl from it and was able to cash in on a mega deal from the Buffalo Bills. So I think that couldn't have been more of a win-win all around. Yeah, I think that deal was like six years, $120 million. I mean, I highly doubt we would have uh, – George Payne would have actually gave him oh, a yeah. contract like that. So for the fact that he snagged the second and third from – the Rams is pretty crazy and it ultimately proved to help us get Russell freaking Wilson. So yeah, right? speaking <laughs> of George Payton, exactly. And speaking of George Payton with all these moves, Randy Gregory, the defensive end from the Dallas Cowboys. How do you think like how or your initial like thoughts on how everything went with like the deal yeah. falling through with the Cowboys and, and him end up coming here to Denver? Yeah. So when I first saw the signing, I was intrigued and a little bit skeptical just because I have a, I have one of my best friends as a Cowboys fan, and he immediately texted me. Yeah. I mean, I, he was definitely salty that we stole him uh, from the Cowboys. 
But uh, he has had a lot of off-the-field issues in the past. But when you look at him as a pure player, he's extremely talented. Uh, I, I saw some people bringing up his stats from the last year and saying, oh, these stats are actually a little bit underwhelming. But he was actually uh, – it took him a little while to get on the field at full strength playing a high capacity of snaps. So when you're able to extrapolate that to a full season, which will be the question, will he be able to play a full season for us? Which is definitely important because Bradley Chubb hasn't been able to recently either. But I think it's definitely one of those uh, high risk, um, high rewards, also like one of those high ceiling, low floor uh, plays. But George Payton had to make a move like this. We needed to get a premier pass rusher. Chandler Jones and Von Miller were just going to be asking for too much money. And at their ages, I could see why George Payton would have been uncomfortable uh, sending tons of money their way. But yeah, uh, that whole situation with how it went down at the Cowboys, and how it was reported that he was going to be returning to the Cowboys, and then everything flipped, and then he went to the Broncos. I just thought that was hilarious, and just an absolute masterclass by George Payton to be able to pull that off. Yeah, as a Broncos fan, you got to be feeling good about that one. I mean, uh, Randy Gregory, and literally it was reported, I'm not sure how correct this um, report was, but apparently the same amount of money that he accepted with the Broncos, the same amount of money... Uh, yeah. That was offered by the Cowboys. Same exact which is deal. Absolutely hilarious by yeah. George Payton. Um, five years, seventy million, twenty-eight million guaranteed. You talk about Randy Gregory, insane off the edge. He's really twitchy, huge wingspan, absolutely explosive. His power rush moves, impressive. He has some nice spin moves too. I mean, oh, he yeah. can get to the quarterback really quickly, but also um, re- really, really dominantly at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like I said, he has all the tools in the world to be a premier top pass rusher in the NFL. It's uh so far in his career, it's just been a matter of can he stay on the field? He's had dealt with some injuries, he's had a lot of suspensions. And that was kind of one of the things. So I write up on the situation with the Cowboys and Randy Gregory and the falling out that they had. And one of the reasons why the deal fell through was because apparently Jerry Jones, the owner slash dude that just runs everything personnel-wise for the Cowboys, yeah. he had essentially pushed super hard to get Randy Gregory the night before, and they essentially had a deal in place. However, the following morning, uh, some of the other front office members that run everything, including Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones's son, I think yeah. he's like the one that's like the official president of football operations or whatnot. He might be the vice president. I'm not sure, but apparently they had added one thing into his contract that essentially said, uh, if you do anything that is fine worthy, like if you get fined, we can just go ahead and like cut the guaranteed money from your contract. It was something along those lines. And essentially, as soon as they put that in, Randy Gregory was like, yeah, you guys are no longer operating on good faith. Uh, and then George Payton had a last-second push to go super hard on Randy Gregory. And at that point, Randy Gregory's like, I don't trust you guys anymore. Uh, and I'm perfectly happy just going off to win in Denver. So, George yeah, Payton exactly. was able to pull that off. So. Yeah, exactly. He's a, He's an amazing player, and it was reported that that Gregory had been Peyton's guy for – he'd been his yeah. guy for the entire time among the uh, edge rushers in the class. I know a lot of um, Broncos fans were upset that we ended up not getting Vaughn Miller and Chandler Jones. This was before uh, Chandler Jones and Vaughn Miller mm-hmm. made their deals with uh, Buffalo and Las Vegas respectively. But oh, yeah. um, looking in hindsight, I definitely think um, in terms of – Um, 
but yeah, and, and transitioning from that, actually, prior to this signing, our first huge splash signing was DJ Jones, the defensive tackle out oh, yeah. of San Francisco. Um, three years, thirty million, twenty million guaranteed. He is the number one uh, rated de- interior defensive lineman in twenty twenty one by PFF in terms of uh, run stuffing. He's he's an absolutely absolute beast. He's he was like the glue to that four ers run defense. Yeah. What, what were your thoughts on that signing? Yeah, so, so I was definitely happy about the signing off the bat. I mean, three years, $30 million, it's really not too large of a commitment. Uh, so it's very good value for a player of his prowess. Once we got rid of Shelby Harris, I mean, Shelby Harris was a fantastic player for us. So that was going to leave a hole in the defensive line. So we definitely needed to make a move there. So bringing in uh, Shelby, uh, bringing in DJ Jones as his replacement, I think it was a great move. Um just to be his his prowess and stuffing the run, he's just an absolute monster. And he can get he can get after the quarterback here and there. I was watching some of his highlights, and he actually sacked uh, Russell Wilson a couple times back when they were both back when he was on the 49ers. Of course, Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. So I'm definitely excited for him to be able to come in. I think the Broncos are going to be able to plug him in right into that D line, and he's going to be able to excel for us right away. Like I said, it's 10 million annually. And then even Randy Gregory was at $14 million annually. Those are really not too ridiculously large contracts, uh, especially that we would have had to go out and spend on Chandler Jones and Vaughn Miller. So at those prices and the, the value that those players bring, uh, I definitely think that they were great signings for us. Yeah, speaking of uh, glue to defenses, Josie Jewell, the extension, two years, $11 million. Um, honestly, I felt like there was a – a bit of a pricey extension for him, but at the same time, you got to take into consideration the market is rising at these defensive yep. positions. Um, he is the glue to our defense, as reported by members of the front office for our organization. Um, I personally wanted Josie Jewell over Alexander Johnson and Kate, uh, Kenny Young, so I was happy about that. Mm-hmm. So um, ultimately, what do you think is the plan at inside linebacker for the Broncos? Do you think they're going to look at maybe Bobby Wagner um, and help, and he uh, mentors? Josie Jewell there and plays alongside with him? Or do you think they look to the draft early with one of our second, third, fourth round picks? Yeah, so I was looking at it. And uh, so we also know that we got the we got Baron Browning, who's who's just the, the rookie at inside linebacker for us. So I saw that the Broncos actually look at mo- are looking at moving him to outside linebacker. So when you look at that, we're really going to have a little bit of a hole there at the inside linebacker position. We had all those free agents with Jewel, Kenny Young, and Alexander Johnson. Out of those three, Alexander Johnson was actually my personal favorite. But uh, okay. it looks like the, the Broncos front office did end up going with Josie Jewell, which I'm I'm happy about. He is a coming out of Iowa where he was at college. He's just one of those other players. He's just a tackling beast. Um, if anyone gets in his vicinity, he, he, vicinity, he is going to take them down. He's not one of those guys. He doesn't have game-breaking speed or athleticism or anything like that. But he is just a very, very solid player. And I don't see anything wrong with bringing him back, especially when we really needed to bring, uh, we really needed to bring one of those three guys back. I did still see that Alexander Johnson is a possibility. Uh, it is going to de- to depend on the price for those hoping that Kenny Young would be coming back. I saw a report from Benjamin Albright saying that that is pretty unlikely, and that the plan was never to bring back Kenny Young the entire time. Uh, I don't remember Kenny Young came over to the Broncos. Um, after that Von Miller trade. So he was able to uh, plug in a hole for us in the second half of the season, but it doesn't look like he's going to be returning. But the Broncos also did give a one-year deal to inside linebacker Alex Singleton. 
And Alex Singleton, uh, he got a really cheap deal. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was like one year, one and a half billion. And that's yeah, a really so. good deal for somebody who has led the Eagles and tackles for now the last two seasons now. So I'm definitely intrigued to see what we'll be able to get out of Alex Singleton. But yeah, of course, the number one target uh, out of all the free agents available for me is Bobby Wagner, uh, or at least that inside linebacker for sure. Um, if we could get Bobby Wagner, that would be an absolute slam dunk. He would immediately be a key centerpiece of our defense. It just depends on how much uh, George Payton's going to be willing to pay him. Uh, he is getting older. If you do watch the film, you can tell that Bobby Wagner is still without one of the best inside linebackers in the entire NFL. However, his play has begun to decline a little bit. So take the, from that what you will. But uh, I'd, I'd still be more than thrilled to be able to get Bobby Wagner on this team. And I'm very happy to see Russell Wilson uh, kind of recruiting him behind the scenes. Yeah, I do think Bobby Wagner uh, drafted in the same draft as Russell Wilson. There could be some uh, recruiting going on there as we've seen him. Uh, Russell Wilson like tweets about Bobby Wagner coming to Denver. Um, he definitely is still up there uh, in terms of production. Um, like I said, same age as Russell Wilson. They still have... Uh, he still has quite quite a more time to go and prove himself that he's still consistent mm -hmm. in this uh -huh. league. And then Alex Singleton, um, as you said, led the Eagles in each of the last two seasons uh, with tackles. I've I've seen different reports that he could either be starting alongside Josie Jewell, um, and if he could produce as well as Jewell does, that'd be huge signing. Like you said, oh, yeah. only like one and a half million or even lower for a one year deal. Oh yeah. Um, and yep. I've also seen that he could be like a main contributor on special teams. So yeah, either way, big it's time a time special teams player. Yeah, either way, it's a huge signing. It's a it's a great signing. Um, you know, it's a it's a, one of those signings where it's it's like a low risk, high reward. So yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, yeah, and then going back to Josie Jewell, I think one of the reasons why why he ended up being the decision with the Broncos decided to go with out of those three inside linebackers that we had last year to bring back was because he is a key contributor in special teams. He's a very good special teams player. However, if I remember correctly, that is how he ended up tearing his pectoral, which ended up causing him to miss uh, over two-thirds of last season. So it would be interesting to see if the Broncos just throw him back on the special teams. Um, but, I mean, if you take the injury out of consideration, he's one of the best special teamers that this team has had. So uh, I would not be complaining if the Broncos do decide to go that direction with him. But either way, I'm happy with Jewel to be back for the Broncos, that inside linebacker. I'm happy that we got Alex Singleton. I think that's an absolute steal of a deal. But I don't think the Broncos are done at that position, whether it's bringing in Bobby Wagner, maybe another free agent floating out there, or just attacking that position at the beginning of the draft. Uh, that is still one of the weaker positions for this team. And I think that this team has every reason in the world. Uh, I have every reason in the world to believe that this team could be a Super Bowl contender. And if we're going to be a Super Bowl contender, those that's just one of the holes that we're going to need to solidify. So definitely expect the Broncos to still be looking in that direction, whether it's free agency or the draft, to just uh, make another move or two. Yeah, and with this, um, the extension of Andrew Beck and the signing of Ben Braden from the guard from the Green Bay Packers, I feel like those are just two small mm -hmm. little moves that kind yep. of fit the new offensive scheme, the West Coast offense, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's West yeah. Coast offense. Um, those 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 two signs signings make sense. Um, yeah, Ben Braden Josh... is a uh, he's been on he's been in the Hackett offense before. He's very familiar with it. He will be exactly. a uh, we we do uh, we are pretty loaded at the offensive guard position right now. 
We got Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow restructured, so expect him to be with this team to start the next year. And then we got Natani Mutai and uh, and Quinn Miner. So I'm going to be interested to see what the Broncos do because, I mean, that's four very good offensive guards that the Broncos already had on this team. But Ben Braden is somebody that uh, Hackett is familiar with, so we'll see. It, it, it is without a doubt a depth signing. He's not coming in to start. But uh, yeah. with the Andrew Beck, He's a uh, – I do like that because Andrew Beck, everyone always talked about he's a uh, he's a great person and all that. He just won, like, the, the Salute to Service Award for the NFL for his uh, commitment to off the field uh, helping with the, the military and our troops and all that. So that was pretty cool. And uh, he's really versatile. He can play at tight end. He can play at fullback. For the Broncos, we're going to be using him mainly at fullback. Um, and then going back to last season, if you're like, who was Andrew Beck? I really didn't see him on the field much. So that's because he only played 66 snaps last year. Pat Shermer's offense just really did not rely on a fullback at all. That's why we traded uh, Andy Janovich whenever Pat Shermer came in originally a couple years back. So expect to see Andrew back on the field a lot more than we saw him last year and expect him to be able to make an impact as our fullback as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, quarterback Josh Johnson, I, I, I touched on this a little bit on my story and my Twitter um, a few days before the signing. Um, I really felt like, you know, Brett Rippon being there, being the only quarterback behind Russell Wilson, I definitely feel like we needed to go out and get a, a veteran in case, you know, knock on what anything ever does happen to Russell Wilson. Um, yep. You know, quarterback Josh Johnson, he did uh, show, he did show like, Good. He did show good improvement, especially when he stepped in with the New York Jets and the Baltimore Ravens. I watched yeah. the tape from those from those games. I really felt like he filled in well. He's an easy fit here. Um, he's been in the league a long time. He obviously knows how to carry himself, how to prepare for situations. Um, I think I think that's another good signing. Yeah. So uh, with only Brett Rippon being the only other quarterback on this roster, the Broncos without had without a doubt had to make a move. One of the reasons I know that the Broncos love Brett Rippon is because he's just one of like the smartest. He's one of those guys. He has all the. Uh, he's got all the mentals necessary to be a uh, a smart quarterback, but uh, a, and a great quarterback. But for him, just the talent just isn't there. And I'm just not. We haven't really seen too much from him. But from the move that this team has made, I'm not sure that this team would have been confident going into a season with Brett Rippon as the sole backup without competition. So we, without a doubt, had to make a move there. And I think bringing in Josh Johnson's a great move. Been around the league for a long time. He's a veteran. He's proven that he can come in on a moment's notice and perform. I remember looking back at particularly the Colts Thursday night football game that Josh Johnson came in for the Jets. That was an electric performance. I think he, I'm not, did he hit 300 yards in that game? All I know is that he, uh, he just had a great performance in that game. So that was definitely impressive. Plus, he yeah. just has a very similar style as Russell Wilson. So whenever you get quarterbacks in the building that can do similar things, I don't think uh, that is well, – I know it's not a bad thing, and I think it's probably a good thing. So, yeah, I did like bringing in Josh Johnson. He's going to have a chance to compete for that backup position with Brett Rippon. And uh, who knows, the Broncos may uh, may spend one of our later draft picks on a quarterback as well. I know that uh, Benjamin, Benjamin Albright has been big on uh, the Ellaby guy. From Western Michigan. Yep, from Western Michigan. Yeah, so that's been a possible that a option to be our second or third string quarterback as well. Or maybe just a camp body and then hit the practice squad. So we'll see with that as well. But, no, I did like the Broncos bringing in Josh Johnson for sure. 
yeah, he's a he's a good dude for sure. He's gonna be good in that locker room. Um, and we have offensive tackle Calvin Anderson. Um, he's seen some looks at right tackle. He's seen some looks at left tackle. I personally think he's played better 100% at left tackle. Um, he's been groomed a lot by, uh, Garrett Bowles. He's even lived with him. Um, great relationship there. Um, he's definitely someone I would like to see take, um, a huge leap. Uh, he just got a one year deal for a little over a million, I think. Um, yeah, he's someone I definitely think he does fit the offense. He's, uh, I really feel like he's someone definitely that needs to take a leap, though, because his time is running out a little bit with this team. I'm not sure how much longer they do want to keep extending him. Uh, uh-huh. He definitely will need to solidify himself as at least a backup right tackle, if not the starting right tackle this year. Yeah, so, I mean, from what we've seen from him so far, I actually do feel very comfortable with Calvin Anderson being our swing tackle, being our third tackle on the team where if Bowles goes down or that whoever a right sense. tackle ends up being. I do have pretty relative confidence that Calvin Anderson can come in and do the job, get the job done. I'm just not sold that he is starter. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, not sold, I'm not sold that he, yeah, that he is starter quality yet. He would have to make a jump. And I mean, players have made much bigger jumps before. And I think from what I've seen, he is a hardworking player. So who knows? He could come into camp and impress everybody and just steal the show and take the job. But at worst, I do think that he is a very solid third tackle as our swing tackle, can play left and right. So I do enjoy him being back on the team. I think that was a move that needed to be made either with him or with another free agent out there, Uh, especially with us missing a right tackle right now. That's still a position of need. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I feel like – yeah, there is a leap that needs to be made there, but you never know. Uh, Garrett Bowles, he went from being like a, oh, yeah. a bullying target his first few years with constantly holds and false starts. Um, I mean, Broncos fans were really calling him Garrett Holds. And next <laughs> next thing you know, he's uh, one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL by far. Um, he's, he's just a beast now. He got that massive, oh, yeah. uh, well, was it, I think like a five-year extension. Yeah, I think um, I think it may have been seventy two million dollars, uh, as well or something. Actually, no, I don't think it was seventy two million. All I know is that he uh he will have a cap hit of eighteen million dollars per year. Uh, it might be a little bit more. I'm not too sure on the contract details, but he is getting paid pretty well. But he yeah. did earn that contract. He uh, like you said, like you said, he went from that player that everybody was booing. You saw people in the stands of Bronco stadiums having jerseys that said seventy-two, and then either holds or holding on the back. Which uh, yeah. So props to him to be able to drown out the noise like that and prove everyone wrong. Because the main thing with Garrett Bowles is that. The problem with him was never the athleticism. He was always going to be one of the most athletic tackles in the NFL. It was yeah. just a matter he needed to get the penalty stuff. He needed to get the mental stuff on wraps. And as soon as he was able to do that, he just immediately turned into one of the best tackles in the NFL, best left tackles in the NFL. So, yeah, with uh, Garrett Pulsworth on the left side, uh, we just really have that spot open at right tackle right now. So that's going to be somewhere the Broncos will be addressing in the coming weeks or months. Yeah, he just needed to get those small uh, mental things down, the fundamental things. Um, and, yeah, he's definitely one of those offensive linemen we don't have to worry about anymore, thankfully. And going back to uh, linebackers, specifically Edge, we have Malik Reed. We gave him the right the first right of refusal ten- tender. So basically that means any team can match our offer and yeah uh 
yeah, and we can match any offer that is made for Malik Reed. And I think personally, my opinion on Malik Reed, he did uh, have a big drop off this year. I mean, you can look at stats and say, like, you know, he has multiple sacks. He's one of our biggest sack leaders over the last two years on the Broncos. Um, But if you do technically watch film and look at some of his production, his his um, effectivity on the defensive line Mm -hmm. did take a huge drop. Some of his QB Um, pressures and all that. Yeah. And I feel like uh, finesse moves and just pass, pass rush moves in general were just being locked up a lot of the time yep. by um, offensive tackles. What do you think uh, his future is on this team? Yeah, so with Malik Reed, he's just another one of those guys, almost similar to Calvin Anderson, but of course Malik Reed, we've seen him a lot more. He's been a lot more productive over the course of his time with the Broncos. He's one of those guys where I'd be very comfortable with him as our uh, our third edge in the Shaquille Barrett role uh, that he had whenever the Broncos won the Super Bowl when uh, DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller were holding it down. Because I think that I think that he's shown enough so far that he can come in and be productive. However, I did lose some confidence in him this past season. I'm not entirely sure he's going to be that guy that can hold it down uh, at outside linebacker opposite of Bradley Chubb. And the, the Broncos clearly showed that that was the case when they went out and got Randy Gregory. Which uh, which I was definitely happy about, but yeah. So instead of letting Malik Reed hit the open free agent market, the Broncos gave him that first right of refusal tender, which means that essentially the Broncos, unless somebody comes in and offers him a better deal, the Broncos are going to be paying him one year two point four million, which I don't think that's a bad price at all. So why not give him a shot, see what he's got for us, in more of a more relaxed role for him. Uh, and if somebody does come in and give him a better contract. I'm not entirely convinced that the Broncos would match, but at this point, we haven't heard much about it. So I'm assuming that he's probably looking at playing on that one-year $2.4 million tender. But yeah, if somebody did come in, the Broncos would have the opportunity to match. I'm just not entirely sure if they would. But other than that, I'm happy with him as our third edge rusher. And who knows what's going to happen with Baron Browning switching to outside linebacker. He may actually take that third edge rushing spot from him. But edge rushing, it shouldn't really matter anyway because that's one of those spots where you really need four capable rushers on your team at those positions just because uh, it's just constant running. Uh, the player's got to come off the field a lot, especially here over here at high altitude. Yeah, so, yeah I feel I'm, like he's... Uh, I'm happy with Malik Reed coming back and Baron Browning moving to outside linebacker. So we'll have a good-looking group there with Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb holding the down the starting positions. Yeah, speaking of Bradley Chubb, he definitely is someone who needs to, who really needs to live up to his uh, fifth overall pick status. Yeah. He, um, I don't know, I feel like I've expected a lot more from him. Uh, he's been thrown around a lot in trade talks just yeah. for quarterbacks that were rumored to, rumored to come here. Um, I don't know, he kind of just needs to block out the noise. Yeah, I feel like he he definitely has the potential. He uh, he has that high ceiling. It's just oh, yeah. injuries have been constantly plaguing him and holding him back from this production. He yeah, had 12 sacks his rookie season, and ever since then, it, it feels like a decline, decline, decline after injury, after injury. He's just really got to get those injuries under control, and I know sometimes you can't really do much about that. Sometimes it's just an unluckiness factor, and hopefully he'll be able to put together a full season for us as well. I don't think – I don't. I mean, so one of the things that a lot of fans I've heard who have, uh, who have uh, said their displeasure – uh, who have showcased their displeasure in Bradley Chubb. It's been mainly 
due to the fact that he was given a hard card, given the fact that he was drafted number five overall uh, in that draft, which was two spots before Josh Allen went. It was yeah. essentially a whole round before Lamar Jackson went. Uh, I mean, it was before Josh Rosen. Thank goodness that we didn't draft Josh Rosen. <laughs> that would have been an absolute disaster. But, yeah, so I do think it's a little bit unfair when fans are constantly being like, oh, we passed on Josh Allen for him. We passed on Lamar Jackson for him. The truth of the matter is the Broncos just weren't really looking at quarterback in that draft as much as we were thinking that they were. And they were truly going to go best player available. And when you go back to the draft, it was – when you look at best player available – it really was him as the guy that we needed. Plus, he did fill a need for us. Uh, well, we thought it was a need at the time uh, with Shaquille Barrett looking like uh, he was going to be heading out. But in hindsight, it would have been nice to be able to keep Shaquille Barrett. But, no, I still have a lot of faith in Bradley Chubb. He just got to put together a full season without injuries. And getting a very competent pass rusher opposite of, uh, of him with Randy Gregory, I think that that will serve him well. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely like Bradley Chubb a lot. I hope he takes that that next leap and becomes becomes the uh, dominant edge rusher that we really do need on this team. I mean, over definitely significantly a lot last season we saw that pass rush, uh, like pass pass rush win rate definitely was not mm-hmm. as good as it should have been on this defensive line. It has um, not. I feel yeah. like Draymond Jones definitely was. He he had a good season. Not not a lot of Broncos fans uh will acknowledge. Other yeah, a lot of that, people are sleeping on him. A lot of people. Yeah, I definitely like Draymond Jones a lot there in the interior. Other than that, I really feel like you know, obviously injuries play, uh, they play an effect there. But I really feel like um, our pass rush really needs to be fixed. And I never thought I'd be saying this, but that's one of the weakest spots on this team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think definitely think uh, with our draft with our, one of those first picks, we do need to take edge one hundred percent. Even though we oh, yeah. brought in Randy. Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely think it will be a position that uh, will definitely be in consideration for the Broncos come those uh, those draft days. But uh, like I said, I actually am. I think I might be a little bit more comfortable and confident in the group of four guys, assuming Baron Browning does complete that switched outside linebacker and that does go well. I am pretty confident in them, uh, but – I will never, ever shy away from an upgrade. And, and if an upgrade is present, then I think the Broncos should make that move. Yeah. And transitioning from that, we have Melvin Gordon and Deontay Spencer being let go. And there's still a little rumors flying out there that Melvin Gordon could be returning. It's still one of those things that technically hasn't been um, solidified by, like, confirmed by Melvin Gordon himself yet. I know Deontay Spencer has already said his goodbyes to Broncos country uh, on Twitter. Um, I definitely think um, if we talk about Deontay Spencer, we can both agree that last season, yeah, uh, a lot of Broncos fans were completely okay with him leaving, maybe even before the season ended. Yeah, <laughs> uh, There's a few situations there. Um, I think he had like a really huge uh, key uh, muffed punt. I can't remember yeah. which game it was that hurt us. Um, yeah, and just like... It was just more so we weren't seeing the production on his returns that we were seeing in the previous year. Yeah, and uh, dropped off. Yeah, he definitely dropped off a little bit, and I think we actually saw Kendall Hinton getting some action there at the end of the season as well as the Broncos were testing to see what he could do at kick returner, punt returner. But yeah, I don't think many Broncos fans are going to have any qualms 
uh, with uh, Deontay Spencer heading out. And I think that could either be a position that we address in-house, whether it's Kendall Hinton, Tyree Cleveland is still floating around a little bit, or maybe in the draft we look at one of those just dynamic athletes who um, who have been returners for their teams in college. So it'll be interesting to see what we do there. But with Melvin Gordon, so there's a little bit of rumors that he might be coming back, especially when the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. Uh, they played together over at Wisconsin. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, there, there's a key here. We heard that Melvin Gordon was actually somebody that helped convince Russell Wilson to come to Denver. So I will definitely be grateful for him for that. He has been productive in his time in Denver. Um, I was never un- I was always unsure how to feel about him because the first year he came in, he was productive, but he was also getting paid a lot of money. And him coming in also kind of kicked uh, fan favorite Philip Lindsay to the the into the doghouse kind of kicked him to the curb a little bit and so then everything with philip Lindsay kind of fell apart then in this past year melvin gordon was actually very solid very good but the emergence of rookie running back javante williams who's i know for a fact is one of both of our favorite players on on one of our favorite players on the team oh hell yeah absolutely so i'm super excited to see what javante williams can do he's one of the most dynamic athletes you will ever see on a football field teams just defenders just cannot simply take him down. He's incredible to watch. Any play that he is a part of, you could see him taking for a touchdown, and that is something you definitely want to see out of your running back. So with Melvin Gordon this past season, it was kind of like a it was kind of a tale of two stories where some fans were all for him saying, yeah, he's being productive, give him the rock more. There's other people who sometimes I fell into the group of these people where I'm like, I just see one I just want to see Javante Williams get the ball 20 to 30 times a game. Because when you get a player like him, like I said, any play he can take it to the house. Any play he can put uh, the defender on a low low light reel and in turn give himself a highlight. So I also think he's one of those bell cows that will get stronger as the game goes on, like Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. So I personally have no issue whatsoever with the Broncos moving on with Melvin Gordon either. I'm excited to see Javante Williams showcased in the full Woolcourse running back role. But I also won't. Uh, I also won't shy away from saying that Melvin Gordon was a very good player for us. He was productive. I just don't think he's a good fit for us at this time with the price he's going to end up going for. Yeah. And given the fact that Javante Williams is better than him, in my opinion. So there's no reason to be paying a running back all that much money to be the second best running back on your team. Yeah, my followers on Instagram know I have a very strong opinion about this. Javante yep. <laughs> Williams, he's, he's my favorite running uh, – not even my favorite running back, but my favorite player in the NFL. Um, I Honestly, I just – the fumbling with Melvin Gordon, obviously, um, I don't. I think they fumbled the same amount of times this season. I could be wrong, but yeah. when you talk about fumbling in key situations, Melvin Gordon's the king of that. And yeah. he, we signed him to a two-year, sixteen million dollar deal, and he's obviously going to want, you know, relatively a little bit lower than that with a, a second contract with us. I honestly think running back is one of the most re- easily replaceable positions in it this is. league. Uh, Mike Boone came in and played really well in that Chiefs game. And you're talking about, you know, just letting Devonta get like 20 to 30 carries or touches a game to see what he can do. As a rookie, in that Chiefs game, he comes in. Melvin Gordon oh, yeah. was out that game. He was absolute beast. He had 200-plus yards from scrimmage. He's easily one of, he's one of the upcoming best running backs in the league. He has huge top-five potential in this league. Um, I don't know. Just, to me, I feel like this is a no-brainer to let Melvin test free agency. Um, I really thank him for, you know, the time he has oh, had yeah. in Denver. He – you know he's he was really he was really good to our fans for sure. He's 
He's definitely he still a really, really solid running back. Top 15 in the league for sure. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I always do feel bad for him a little bit with his time, uh, his tenure with the Broncos. Because, I mean, of course, you don't feel bad for him because he's getting paid. Six, he got paid $15, $16 million while he was here. But I yeah. do feel a little bit bad for him because it felt like a segment of the fans were always against him. Because first it was Philip Lindsay. He stole his job. And then secondly, it was Javante Williams, who all of Broncos country fell in love with. And for good reason. Uh, and then whenever Melvin Gordon was on the field, that was just less time that we got to see Javante Javante Williams on the field getting the rock in his hand. So uh, he did get dealt a little bit of a hard card, especially with the fan base here. But he was always super appreciative of Broncos country. He's yeah. super outspoken about how much he enjoyed being here and how much he did want to be here. Uh, but he also did acknowledge a the fact there at the end of the season that this likely wouldn't be the best fit for him. Uh, just given the Broncos situation at running back, he said multiple times, I'm not going to be coming in someplace to be a backup running back. And quite frankly, with what we saw him from him last year, I don't think he should go anywhere to be a backup running back. I think that there's many teams out there that Melvin Gordon can go to and be an immediate starter on day one. I think that the Falcons are one of those places. The, uh, the Buffalo Bills are one of those places. I think that the Buffalo Bills are an absolute match made in heaven for him. Uh, it'd just be willing. It'd just be interesting to see how much they'd be willing to pay him to be the yeah, running back. Because, sure. like I said, I think he's deserving of being a starter position. But if he were to remain with the Broncos, he is just—he's not better than Javante Williams at this point in their career. Javante Williams has a much higher potential ceiling as well. So, uh, he would be the backup running back in a split time, uh, time, uh, uh, situation with the Broncos. So, I just don't think it was the best fit. I think that Melvin Gordon is willing to walk somewhere else for more money. And I think that the Broncos fans are going to be happy when we get to start seeing Javante Williams get the ball 20 to 25, 30 times a game, because that is about to happen. And I couldn't be more excited for that. Yeah. And I feel like uh, for the Broncos fans, sorry to break it to you. I definitely, definitely think uh, Melvin's Melvin Gordon's time is up here. Just yep. look at the contract restructures by Tim Patrick and Sonnen. Uh, but- uh, Corlin Sun that they just made. I and there's been uh, I know Benjamin Albright's been kind of hinting at it that we might be uh, looking for a corner yep. here very soon. Um, and so I mean, let's be realistic. Let's say we're bringing in Stefan Gilmar, who right now is my favorite free agent target. Let's yep. say we bring him in. Do you think it, we're really going to be able to bring in Melvin Gordon as well on another contract and then no. also use our cap space for draft picks? No. So I definitely yep. think his time is up here in Denver. Like we said, uh, you know he's a he's a really good guy. He had really good good energy in that locker room. Um, it's but it's time it's time for Javante Williams to take over. We traded up for him um, in that second round of the twenty twenty one NFL draft. So yeah, I definitely think his time is here. He's got to step up, be a leader in that locker room. And going from that, we talk about um, using that cap space that we're clearing up. We have needs an inside linebacker, cornerback, safety, Kareem Jackson. So speaking of safety, Kareem Jackson, do you think with his whole thing on Twitter saying he would love to be back in Denver, do you think there's something in the works there possibly on a little – you remember we at first, uh, after he was let go on his first contract with us, he ended up coming back on another yeah. short one-year $5 million deal by George Payton there. Do you think we should bring him back or do you think we should – keep Caden Stearns and J.R. Reed right there at the strong safety. So uh, I am very high on Caden Stearns. Um, I'm originally from Texas. I'm from Houston. So I, I did watch a lot of University of Texas football in the past. And Caden Stearns was a standout player for them at the University of Texas. 
And he's been a very good player so far over the course of his rookie season. He was a very good player for us over the course of his rookie season. So I was very excited to see what he could do. But like I brought up earlier, this is a Super Bowl contending team. I really do believe that. And when you are dealing with a Super Bowl contending team, you don't settle with somebody that is any less than the next available best option if that option is attainable. And at this point in their careers, yes, Kareem Jackson is on is on a decline, uh, and Caden Stearns is on a rise and getting him into that starting role. He could do things for us that uh, he could reach a potential ceiling that we didn't even know he had. But with a uh, like I said, the more the merrier, like right. And yeah. Kareem Jackson is a good player. He's a good safety. We know he's a good safety. I have no broad problem with the Broncos bringing him back for the right pl- for the right price. He's been a good player for us in his tenure with the Broncos so far, and he wants to be back. So, I actually do fully expect Kareem Jackson to be able to reach an agreement with the Broncos. Um, it's just a matter of time and a matter of how much money that will be worth keeping an eye on. But I know I would be fully supportive of Kareem Jackson coming back. Yeah, I'm fully on board with him coming back. Um, I mean, him and Justin Simmons, come on, man, it's a it's a lethal duo. They're one yep. easily one of uh, one of if not the best safety duos yeah, in the NFL. Easily top three. Yeah, and yeah, I, I personally don't I don't know if Caden Stearns really is ready yet. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's a fifth round pick out of uh, Texas. There, he was really highly recruited recruited coming out of uh, high school there. Yep. Um, I don't know. Injuries have been kind of a thing for him. Uh, Kareem Jackson, not so much. He's been really healthy, consistent for us. Yep. Um, he delivered some really hard hits and great run stuffer there at the strong safety spot. Um, I, I love I love Kareem Jackson. He doesn't really expose any weaknesses. He did he give doesn't. up a little. He did give up a little bit of a you know big shots there in uh, twenty twenty one deep passes. Yeah. But, I mean, there was a few situations like that, even with Justin Simmons as well. I mean, we can't yeah, sit there and, and act sometimes like with those situations the with those safeties, you don't even know if it's entire, entirely their fault. Exactly. The Broncos exactly. Uh, with Vic, under Vic Fangio's defense, we were playing a lot of zone. So sometimes it's just miscommunications with the cornerbacks yeah. or the linebackers or whatnot of where people are going to be covering. So I can see how those things come into play. It's not like he was playing one-on-one man coverage and just getting burned. Yeah, we saw a lot of good things from him this past year. We've seen a lot of great things from him the two years prior to that. So, like I said, I would be perfectly happy with him coming back to the Broncos for sure. And staying on topic with DBs, we have Bryce Callahan, who me personally is one of my favorite uh, members of the secondary we've had over the last three years or so. Um, I don't know. I like Bryce Callahan a lot. The only thing that sits there in my mind is the injuries. Yeah, yep. I don't think – yeah, he hasn't been able to play a full season with us. He, yeah. you know, he's had issues with his wrist. I think even with his leg. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's a he's a really he's a really good defensive back. He's underrated just because he doesn't really rack up a lot of turnovers. But mm-hmm. he's one of those guys who can easily lock down even like huge guys. Like we've seen him uh, lock down Mike Williams. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, he's a really good corner. It's to me, it's a no brainer to bring him back. At the same time, I don't want to overpay him just because I don't know how much he will be able to be available for us. Yeah, I don't think either of us or anyone is really sure what exactly his market is going to be. Exactly. Because like, I feel like a broken record at this point. I've said this a million times now, but once again, he's just one of those players. When he's on the field, he is productive. It's just been a matter of staying healthy, yeah. a matter, matter of getting on the field. Um, so, I mean, I would be happy to bring uh, Bryce Callahan back. Uh, I really like Stephon Gilmore uh, as well. I remember uh, earlier when I was talking about Bobby Wagner, I kind of slipped and said that he was my favorite free agent. 
and then I kind of slipped, uh, uh, switched and said that he was my favorite inside linebacker free agent because in reality, Stefan Gilmore is actually my favorite, and I'd probably put uh, Bobby Wagner around my second. But uh, really what made me really want the Broncos to go after hard after Stefan Gilmore or at least bring Bryce Callahan back is – the wide receivers in this division are becoming insane. Yeah. We're going to talk about this in a minute with all the additions the AFC West has gotten, but getting Devontae Adams into the division, he's without a doubt, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, uh, yeah. I do expect him to have a little bit of a drop off with Derek Carr at quarterback. And of course, not the two time, uh, the back to, I mean, the back to back MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but Derek Carr is still a very good quarterback. A lot of people sleep on him. He's very, he's one of the best quarterbacks at the, in the league at just getting the ball to his playmakers in terms of putting it in their hands. So the more the merrier we have to be able to cover uh, wide receivers like Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Tyree Kill, Juju Smith-Schuster just arrived for the Chiefs now as well. So the more the merrier when it comes to defensive backs for me. I'm very confident in Patrick Sertan that he'll be able to fully encompass that number one corner role. We saw him take that on over the course of last season. Um, and we still do have Ronald Darby, who was a he was a he was a, he was a solid player for us. There's a few plays where he got burned. Um, Kyle Fuller is no longer on the team, uh, and I don't expect the Broncos to be bringing him back anytime soon if he is still available. I'm not even sure. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think the Broncos need to um, not shy away from adding more defensive backs, particularly at the cornerback position. So yeah, uh, sign me up. I'd be perfectly happy with. Kareem Jackson, Bryce Callahan, and Stephon Gilmore. Uh, I mean, of course, not all of them, but getting two of those, two out of those three guys onto the team, I think that would be a slam dunk. Yeah, you can never have too many defensive backs, especially in a division like this. You're talking about yep. all those star wide receivers. Um, yeah, Stephon Gilmore is definitely no brainer to me. I think he's still really good. He, uh, yeah. he, he wasn't as he's not as good as he was in uh, New England when he was playing with the Carolina Panthers, but he's still one of the best corners in the league and not many yeah not, not that many people want to talk about that but um he's definitely um to me one of like the best corner on the market right now yeah and if you bring back bryce and uh stefan gilmore you definitely give yourself a much better shot than you are right now to keep up with these wide receivers without a doubt especially these new um these new acquisitions into the afc west like you talk Devonte adams juju smith schuster um, I know a lot of Broncos fans started talking about, you know, oh, it's okay. We got, uh, we got PS2. We're so, Vontae's not going to be doing anything. You know, to me, that doesn't make any sense. I know a lot of people were just trying to, I know Broncos fans do this a lot where they try to comfort themselves with particular players. Um, you know, I have a lot yeah. of, I have a lot of uh, confidence in Patrick Sertan for sure. hundred percent. He's really, he's really good. He's going to be a top five corner soon, if not this year. Um, but to me, I feel like definitely, Devontae Adams isn't someone that, you know, PS2 is going to be able to be keeping up with the entire game. You definitely need to have different looks. Um, obviously, we're going to be do- having different looks in the secondary to keep up with these wide receivers. It's not going to be as simple as just, you know, all right, we're going to have, you know, Ron- Ronald Darby, PS2, yeah. you know, doing the most that they can to uh, contain Devontae Adams. And, I mean, let's be honest, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. At the end of the yeah. day, he's going to have really good games. He's, uh, he's the best – wide receiver in the league arguably so yeah i think like i said it's a no-brainer to bring in uh stefan gilmore and at least try to re-sign uh, bryce callahan to a reasonable deal oh yeah for sure absolutely it's definitely going to be a position that the broncos will be addressing and without a doubt need to address as well 
more the merrier when it comes to defensive backs for me, especially with the division that the Broncos are going to be facing. And speaking of that, the Chargers, we'll go through the teams in the AFC West here. We already touched mm-hmm. a little bit on the moves uh, that the Raiders and Chiefs made, but the Chargers brought in Khalil Mack. What do they trade, like a second and I think it was sixth? second and a fifth. Second and a fifth. What, what, what were your initial thoughts about that? I mean, Khalil Mack's Khalil Mack. I've heard some different opinion, opinions about him uh, amongst Bears fans. I think he uh, wasn't as productive as he was in previous years, but I definitely think him alongside Joey Bosa definitely could research yeah. his career. Yeah, so uh, I think Khalil Mack I, is somebody I view in a very similar vein of, as Vaughn Miller. I know those two have been compared uh, vigorously throughout their two uh, throughout their two careers to this point, and yeah. I think that they're both at very similar points in their career. Are they as good as players as they were at their peaks two to three, four years ago? No, like they're 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 just simply not. You turn on the film and you can see that. But are they still top ten pass rushers in the league? Yeah, probably. And uh, especially when you get to rush opposite of a player like Joey Bosa, he's a uh, He's somebody who's had some trouble with injuries, but uh, he's a very slept-on uh, player at the defensive end, edge rusher position. So those two guys rushing our quarterback uh, definitely makes me worry a little bit more about what we're going to do at right tackle because yeah. those are two position, uh, those are two players that are good and uh, even bigger names essentially. So that does uh, it does make me a little bit scared there. Because uh, those two players are going to be coming after the quarterbacks big time this year, as long as they get, are able to stay on the field. Yeah, and even with that, like we have to match that on the opposite side as well. We need yeah. to, we need to, we need to add more additions to our, you know, in the trenches on both oh, yeah. sides and match that in our pass rush as well. That's going to be definitely a, a hell of a matchup there in the AFC West. But to me, J.C. Jackson, one like maybe that's the bigger move for the chargers yeah 100 percent, and that might even be scarier to me than the um, raiders getting Devontae adams just because they're the raiders but the chargers getting jc jackson that honestly scared me the most um to me the chargers we always can seem to find a way to beat them but now that they have jc jackson one of the the most you know incredible ball hawks we've seen in this league is now going to be staring russell wilson in his eye you know two times a year he's I I was upset about um, us not going to get him. Um, I know he's a little pricey, but that was a huge move for the Chargers. Him uh, pairing up there with uh, Brandon Staley—that's that's huge for the Chargers defense. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he is a true ball hawk cornerback that can shut down your best wide receiver on your team. Uh, it does stress the importance. Thankfully, the Broncos have such a great wide receiver core. Yeah. That, uh, I whoever J.C. Jackson is guarding. Hopefully, Derwin James, well, he, he is a great player. But hopefully, um, Asante Samuel Jr. will be letting another guy open, something like that. But that's just up to the quarterback, and we can read the field, see which wide receivers are covered, see which guys are open, and make the right decision. But, no, J.C. Jackson calls himself Mr. Interception, and that name yep. fits him very well. Uh, he has a ridiculous amount of interceptions over the last few years. And uh, and those interceptions, those are just game-changing plays. One interception can dictate the uh, the result of a game. So that was a big signing for them, and I think it will go a long way for them because the Chargers last year, their offense was one of the best in the league. It was really the defense where they were struggling, where they were just inconsistent, uh, especially against the run. And that's where I think that them getting Khalil Mack and then also Sebastian Joseph Day 
a defensive tackle who was with the Rams uh, the last few seasons. Sebastian Joseph Day was uh he was one of the targets that the Broncos were looking at yep. uh, before we ended up going forward with DJ Jones. So uh, he once again that's gonna fill a big need for them at stopping the run because that was just a position where teams were bullying them at last year. Uh, and that and the, their entire defense as a whole. So we've seen that the Chargers have really gone heavy at addressing that defense this offseason, and uh, they are going to be better. However, I do joke a little bit. Uh, I saw some uh, people joking around on Twitter, and I've been saying the same thing a little bit, where it's like the Chargers, when you look at it, they had a great quarterback situation and made a lot of free agent acquisitions and had some great star-studded defensive players for almost a full 20 years with Phillip Rivers. And what did they have to show for it? Absolutely nothing. They had one AFC uh, title game appearance, and they didn't even make it to the Super Bowl during that time span. Yeah. Um, some may say that Justin Herbert is a higher ceiling than Phillip Rivers, but Phillip Rivers was a fantastic player. That's a Hall of Fame caliber player, in my opinion. So uh, we'll see. Maybe the Chargers are going to charge her, but I – do think that they are going to be a very strong team this upcoming season? Yeah, Sebastian Joseph Day. He's definitely um, he's he's on he's on the rise. I think he's uh, someone who was kind of in the shadow of Aaron Donald a bit. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be really good for them. And I saw you know a few uh, people on Twitter say like you know what if it's possible that they go after Jordan Davis? That will be absolutely scary of a defensive oh, man. line. Oh, that would be, be scary. Yeah, very very. That's honestly scary and. I definitely could see Brandon Staley uh, convincing the jam over there to do something like that. They already yeah. have a really good offense. They just, yeah, uh, you know, they gotta they gotta find a little. I feel like there's a little uh, miscommunication there within the offense and the head coach uh, late in games, just in terms of like t- uh, clock management. But yeah, when they when the Chargers figure it out, they, they're going to be very 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 lethal threat uh, to you know being that yep. number one uh, spot and potentially yeah. win the division. It's just a uh, it's a matter of them putting it all together. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs, uh, been a little quiet this off season. I think they uh, re- what do they do? They uh, restructured um, Frank Clark, or did they? Extend yeah, so him? They, not... the Chiefs, what they did is they restructured Frank Clark. Okay. I mean, given they're still a very good team, like they were just in the AFC Championship game, and when you got Patrick Mahomes who, as, as much as I hate to admit it, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. When you got Patrick Mahomes, you were going to be a Super Bowl contender every single year. Uh, he can just make out-of-this-world plays uh, at any given moment, as Broncos fans have seen. So, yeah, they have restructured Frank Clark. Uh, he is their second uh, big-time pass rusher behind uh, Chris Jones. They also let go of Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew, they let him test free agency, and it seems like a pretty bona fide thing that Tyron Matthew will not be returning to the Chiefs, which is big oh, yeah. because he was really in many ways the leader of the defense. May have not been the best player. The best player is Chris Jones. But in terms of the secondary, he was like their only just very reliable, great PC. He, he forced many game-changing plays over the past course of, course of the past couple seasons. Especially with us. Yeah, yep, especially with us. And so to replace him, they brought in Texan safety Justin Reed. Justin Reed is one of those very under-the-radar guys just because he's playing on such a bad team as the Texans that no one really knows who he is. But uh, Justin Reed has been a very good player, one of the few bright spots on that Texans defense over the past few years. I don't think that he matches the uh, the uh, prowess of how good a player like Tyron Matthew is. But So he will be filling a hole for them uh, for sure. But their defense, which already wasn't that great, has taken a hit this offseason. So 
I think out of the teams in the AFC West, we are starting to see some weaknesses pop open with the Chiefs and their defense especially. Uh, we saw that last year. Uh, the Chiefs, they ended up finishing the season with a good, pretty good record. They had a great run in the playoffs until the AFC Championship game. But over the course of the season, there were many more losses that they should have had that they didn't end up having. Like, you just look at the Broncos versus Chiefs game at week 17. I was at week, oh, I guess week 18. I was able to make it to that game. And the Broncos were going to win that game if that Melvin Gordon fumble didn't happen where he just got absolutely blown up in the backfield and they were yeah. it for a touchdown. They had, they had a similar game against the Giants where the Giants should have won the game. They just couldn't do anything on offense because the Chiefs were just that bad game so it will be interesting to see what happened to the Chiefs going forward because you look at the Broncos the Chargers and then the Raiders who I mean even though I think most of us will call them one of the weaker teams or the weakest team in this division they were just in the playoffs so the Broncos and the Chargers weren't so you can't sleep on them too much and like they just acquired one of the best wide receivers in the NFL they acquired yeah. one of the best pass rushers in the NFL and uh in uh Chandler Jones so we'll see how it goes but uh yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to keep an eye on and watch. Yeah, the Raiders, honestly, I can be trolled for this, but I'd never take the Raiders seriously. This I don't either. <laughs> they have a philo- they have a weird philosophy, and they could change their ways. I know um, yep. they got a new GM, they got a new head coach, so they could change their whole philosophy. But their, their team over the last few years has been kind of like building through free agency rather than the draft, and they never hit on yeah. high draft picks, oh, which yeah. ultimately comes to bite them in the end. I mean, I still think that their secondary is a major issue for them. Yeah. Uh, in their trade with the Colts, uh, where they uh, – who did they trade away there? They uh, – uh, that one dude that used to play, I think it was – was it Ngakwe? Oh, yeah, Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe. They traded him away to the Colts, and in return they got Rocky Asin. Um, I don't know too much about Rocky Asin. <laughs> Other than the fact that in his rookie year, Cortland Sutton just absolutely used and abused him in that game <laughs> against the Colts. I heard a lot of Colts fans, uh, Colts fans saying that he was, uh, what do you call it? He was, uh, he was used at a target a lot. He was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot, lot of penalties he committed, especially I remember in that game against the uh, the Broncos. Uh, whenever we had uh, Joe Flacco at quarterback, I think that I think that was Joe Flacco's final start with us before his neck issue, and then proceeded to get benched for the rest of the year while he was on IR. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm not too scared of the matting Rocky scene. So, the secondary is definitely still a big-time weakness for the uh, the Raiders. And you see the same thing with the Chiefs. So, uh, that just makes me more so excited that we got Russell Wilson because the problem with the Broncos these past few years is it's not been the defense. It's not been the run game. It's been the quarterback play. It's just we're a few plays away multiple times down in a row. Yeah, we've lost a million times in a row to the Chiefs, but especially these past few games have been very, very close. And we're just talking about a slightly better quarterback, and that game goes the Broncos' way. And now we don't just have a slightly better quarterback. We have a massive upgrade to a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. It's it's incredible that uh, George Payne was able able to make a move like that, and it's going to oh, yeah. show in games. It's going to show in games. There's going to be multiple different uh, circumstances where you would be like, oh wow, if uh, you know Teddy Bridgewater was checking it down there, we likely would have lost by a few points. Rather than now with Russ, we're winning like in this situation yep. by two scores. Yep. So circling back to the Chiefs, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster from the Steelers to a one-year, about ten million dollar deal. 
And Juju Smith-Schuster, he's actually he shined a lot as a wide receiver too um, under yeah. Antonio Brown. So this is definitely going to be interesting to see if he can like get back to that. You know, he had one season where he had like over fourteen hundred yards. Yeah, so he's I know he's a lot of guys off the field stuff. Seriously. Yeah, he had a lot of off-the-field stuff with his TikTok stuff that everybody likes to make fun of him for. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people did say he was overrated because he was for a while. Uh, I do think that he's one of those players. He has showed that he's probably not wide receiver one uh, capable, but as a wide receiver two uh, across from a very star wide receiver, uh, like we saw with him and Tony O'Brien on the Steelers, and uh, like we've seen, well, like we're going to see with the Chiefs having Tyreek Kill on the opposite side of him, I do think that he will be very productive. And then at the end of the day, like I said earlier, when you get Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, it really doesn't matter too much what your weapons are. It's just unfortunate that the Chiefs now have three of the best weapons in the NFL with Travis Kelsey, who's the best receiving tight end. Uh, Tyree Kill, who's a top wide receiver in the NFL, has game-breaking speed that literally nobody can match. Uh, and now they got Juju Smith-Schuster, who's shown that he can be extremely productive as a wide, as a wide receiver, too, for a team. Yeah, for sure. So the AFC West, man, Russell Wilson being a domino effect there. Oh, yeah. Leading I, to I a truly bunch don't of know moves. if all these moves happen if the Russell Wilson trade doesn't happen. Exactly. Uh, it just turned into thing. an absolute arms race after the, uh, the Russell Wilson trade occurred. Yeah, and the fact that we were um... – and it makes me think the fact that we are on it, that we didn't have to give up a single wide receiver. Uh, Chargers getting J.C. Jackson, maybe that plays an effect there. They do need, they did need an, another quarterback aside from Asante Samuel, and they're letting Chris Harris Jr. go. And so, like looking in hindsight here, wrapping it up, how do you feel about the uh, the Broncos roster in general? Do you feel so I, as of now we're you know we're a strong suit in the AFC West, or do you feel like there's still a few more moves need to be made in order to be you know right there with the Chiefs or Chargers for the first spot? So I think we are without a doubt a playoff contender already. I do think that there's a couple more moves that we have to make to start talking about uh, being favorites or a very strong likelihood that we win the AFC West or uh, make it to a Super Bowl and they're able to compete and win there. But uh, just because this AFC West is just going to be an absolute bloodbath. And quite honestly, I will not be surprised one bit, and I don't think any other NFL fan would be, if the AFC West somehow manages to spend four teams to the playoffs this year. With the new playoff rules, with the, uh, the third wild card and seven total teams making the playoffs from each conference, I could very easily see a team winning uh, the division and then the next three all snagging wild card spots. Based off of how things stand now, I'm really not exactly sure who's going to come out on top of this division. Yeah, I do think crazy. that the, I like I said, I think the Broncos are a couple moves from me being able to say I think that they will win the AFC West. Uh, but without a doubt, they without a doubt have a chance right now. Um, it's just a matter of how these in division games go. Uh, and quite frankly, I, I've jo- I've seen some people joking around about this. I've been joking around about it too. Uh, I would like to see every single primetime game this season in the NFL be an AFC West showdown because it it's just going to be absolute uh thrill to watch. Yeah, it's going to be like you said, an arms race to the top. It's going to be those. It's now more than ever. Those uh, divisional games are going to be huge. Yeah, I would not be surprised if there's multiple AFC West primetime uh, divisional matchups this yep. year. Yep, one hundred percent. 
So I think we're going to wrap it here. It was really, it was really, really, really fun uh, kicking this first episode off, you know, the first of many with you, you know, uh, oh, yeah. you're a good dude. Um, so fun talking about this team and, uh, you know, all the moves that we made so far. in the Absolutely. Offseason. I feel like we covered a lot here, uh, Joseph. So, um, you know, is there anything else you want to, you want to pitch in? Uh, not really. I just, uh, I guess just thank you for uh, inviting me on to join your podcast. And I'm uh, definitely excited for episodes that we're going to be able to put out for all of y'all in the future. And I definitely appreciate each and every one of y'all that tunes in. And I just want to let you know that uh, we're going to have more content, uh, more good content coming y'all's way. Yeah. And I, you know, everybody that stayed to the end, I really do appreciate you. I actually want to try something just for the first episode. If you stayed all the way to the end and listened, um dm me on instagram uh broncos avenue just say broncos avenue dm me i personally want to see who all actually stays to the end and listens you know if you really did listen to this whole um episode of the first podcast first episode of the podcast i really do appreciate you all the support means a lot um go follow broncos.insider on instagram um he's also on twitter at joseph russ you know Uh, it's um, actually uh the at is actually broncos underscore insider Broncos underscore insider. That's my bad. My bad. No, you're good. So, uh, you know, it's it's good talking to you. Um, Not sure when our next episode will be out, but we'll definitely be covering more on this team. And uh, I hope everybody has a good day. Thanks for listening to the Broncos Avenue podcast.